Hey folks, welcome to The 180 with Eric Lockley. I'm your host, Eric Lockley. We all know that there are moments in life that define us and that can set us on one path or plunge us down a completely different path. So join me as we dive into our guest's turning points. Let's laugh, heal, and be inspired together as we pull back the curtain on how our guest made The 180. Sometimes life gets hard when you're on your journey. Don't stop, keep going, you can turn it around. The 180, yes, it's a big change. The 180, your life won't be the same. The 180, you can do it. Say yes to your beautiful future. The 180, yeah. I am so excited and honored to have today's guest in the house. And by in the house, I mean on Zoom, but y- y'all get it. Today, I have Beatrice Dixon with me on the 180. Beatrice is the founder and CEO of The Honeypot Company, a plant-based feminine hygiene company. Her products can be found in most major retailers nationwide, such as Target, Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and Amazon. Beatrice created the formula for a healthy feminine wash after an ancestor provided her with the ingredients to heal herself in a dream one night. Since this dream, she has turned her company into a popular brand that serves to promote feminine hygiene for all women. The Honeypot Company focuses on providing feminine care that is free of chemicals, parabens, carcinogens, and sulfates. Through The Honeypot Company, Beatrice has learned to distance herself from the negativity in the world and instead focus on fulfilling her purpose and providing women with the products they need to focus on their health and self-care. Please help me welcome Beatrice Dixon. Hi. <laughs> we got a little horn. We That's got a little hilarious. horn. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. You know, it's a Monday, so getting that back into the week flow. Yeah. So here on the 180, we love to play a little game to get to know you, to to break the ice a little bit. I've got this game that I thought of. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's game time on the 180. The name of the game is Who Bear or Bisay. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, the Honey Pot Co. I thought of honey, and when I think of honey, I think of you know Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Or bees, and then I think of Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. So here's the game. You need to tell me if this is a Pooh Bear quote or if it's a Beyonce lyric. <laughs> Got it. I don't know how much of a Beyonce fan is. You might be like, this is about to be easy. Here we go. First one. Rivers know this. There is no hurry. We shall get there. Pooh Bear or Bise? Rivers know this.、Mm-hmm. There is no hurry.、Uh-huh. We should get there. I'm gonna say Pooh Bear. Ooh, correct. Very good. I I'm actually like a Winnie the Pooh fan. Yes, oh yeah. I love it. When I was a kid. I mean, I haven't. Been into it for years. My aunt Stephanie—that's her favorite character. So she has a Winnie the Pooh tattoo, and you know, when it comes to birthday、mm. and Christmas time, it was like, okay, well, I know what to get Aunt Stephanie. That's cute. <laughs> Next one. How lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. Pooh Bear or Bisay? Pooh Bear. Yes. <laughs> okay. You. Okay. <laughs> I pour into you, and you pour into me. Beyonce. Yes, yes. Oh, see, okay. You're really good at this. I must be made of honey.、Mm, that could be either way. I must be made of honey. I'm gonna say Pooh Bear. Golly, you're so good at it.、Oh. I know you're trying, so I'm trying to be fair. I know you're trying, so I'm trying to be fair.、Uh-huh. 
Oh, that this one's hard. Uh, I I think Beyonce. Yes. Oh my god, you didn't even get applause for that. Because um, <laughs> that could have gone either way, though. It really could have. Would have said something like that, right? Because he was very. Pooh Bear was very wise. Very wise, very diplomatic, very thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got three more. I think we dream so we don't have to be apart for so long. Pooh Bear or Beyonce? Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first one. You know, I I mean, I'm impressed. You you were killing it. But yeah, that that was Pooh Bear. You said Beyonce, right? And he probably was telling Piglet that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think we dream so we don't have to be apart for so long. Oh, yeah. I've got to do my little British. Yeah, Pooh's British, right? <laughs> my little British bear. Yeah, Pooh was British. Did you see, There was a movie about the man that created Pooh Bear. Yeah, Christopher um, Robbins. Christopher Robbins. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. Did you see it? I saw it. It was really dope. Okay, two more. Two more. I'd never trade you for anybody else. I'd never trade you. Now it became a little British boy. That was not Pooh. But I'd never trade you for anybody else. I think that would be, I'm going to say Beyonce. That is correct. Yeah. (laughs) I'll give you a ding too. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, last one. Promise me you'll never forget me because if I thought you would, I'd never leave. That sounds like Pooh Bear. That is correct. Wow. Because he of, was such a, he was so sweet. Yes, a round of applause for you, Beatrice, knocking that out of your part. Thank you. Stay tuned for next time on Pooh Bear or Beyonce. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, this can be a whole game show. And now I just want to ask you some questions about you to get to know you a little bit, bit better. If you could go back in time... Who is a historical figure that you would want to talk to and why? Mm, I'd probably want to talk to Harriet Tubman. Mm. And I would want to relate to her on her alignment. Mm. Harriet Tubman was very aligned within herself to be able to listen to the God that was in her, to show her which way to go. You know, like, can you imagine how much you'd have to believe in yourself to be able to do that? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to just trust that this instinct that you have is the right instinct. Yeah. So definitely Harriet Tubman. Yeah. And and to know that you have so many people's lives in your hand and you're risking yours and others consistently and to on go foot. back and forth. Right. On foot. On fucking foot. That's is remarkable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from from Canada to like right. the south Oof. at one time. That's that's crazy. Yeah, and remarkable. And like you said, just having that alignment, that confidence, that knowing that relationship with God to be like, this is my purpose, this is my task, this is my calling. With her as God too, mm. right? Cuz we're all God, yes, right? Yes. I mean, we 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 live in God. We everything is God that's mm-hmm. on this planet, right? And that's on every other planet frankly, but yes, I yeah. love it. Thank you. What's your favorite movie? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption mm. is one of my favorite movies. And the documentary that Mike Tyson did, I want to say in like 2015, uh-huh. was remarkable. Was it about him? It was about him, but his um uh-huh. His humility hmm. and his lack of ego. Yeah. His obedience to, to acceptance was 
like bar none. I've I've never seen no shit like that in my life. Yeah, I gotta check that out. I don't think I, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, it's actually pretty profound because he just completely accepts himself for who he is. He knows that he's gone through all the shit. Mm-hmm. He had a he's had a beautiful life that's been awful and beautiful and hard and drug and pussy and all the things. Right, like mm-hmm. everything <laughs> everything wrong. He's had access to levels that you know many of us will never see. Yeah, yeah, like. Like everything wrong that could happen <laughs> happens. Right. But then everything good that could happen happened. Mm. His way of pulling it all together to make sense and to be okay with saying where he was at those times in his life that were very public. Most people get to go through their shit privately. Yeah. You know, and he went through his shit publicly and he was already in such a tough place, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, I'm going to definitely look for that because that man has had many transformations, but it's been beautiful to watch, like you said, his humility and his humanity in the face of being treated, I'm sure, like, you know, like a monster and also becoming a monster. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, just a range of. I mean, you you had to be a monster to do what he did, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, he was the fucking greatest. Yeah of our time, you know, in a way. But I mean, Muhammad Ali was the greatest, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but still, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, totally. And that moment. So hearing you talk about like Harriet Tubman, Mike Tyson, I hear this admiration for these people that take on these feats, these big challenges. Who's another person in your life that you said you've seen be able to take on some big challenges that you really admire? My mommy. Mm Mm-hmm. She just always held it together. She always made sure that everything worked out. She helped me to be an adult at a very young age <laughs> uh, and really showed me how to be responsible and accountable. And, um, you know, my, my brother, Cy, mm. has gone through a remarkable amount of shit, mm. but somehow continues to stay remarkably intelligent, has gone through the ups and downs in finding oneself Mm -hmm. as we all do but is beautifully consistently loving and kind Mm. and um comes from the most beautiful place you know yeah and um myself yeah 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 (laughs) hey that's real because i'm in this life i'm walking in my shoes i'm currently going through something that's really hard Mm. but i'm grateful because i've done a lot of self-work doesn't make this thing any less hard Mm. but it helps me to move on from it and understand that this is just in the cards, yeah, you know? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause you know, the, the reason why I started this podcast was to really help people who are going through struggles to know that there are people that are going through things and hearing their stories of them pushing through, finding ways, whether it was through God, through themselves, through meditation, just all the things, Mm -hmm. but the ways that we kind of push past adversity and push through adversity Mm -hmm. is so important, especially um, right now. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you about meditation. I read in the article that you discussed a morning routine that included exercising, writing in your gratitude journal, and meditating as some of the staples of that kind of morning routine. Mm -hmm. When did you start meditating? And has the value of meditation in your life increased with your level of commercial success? I don't know if I'd call it increased. Mm -hmm. I used to think that meditation was this thing that you sat down to do and you got quiet and you went in and you listened to a gong or you or you're or you're doing yoga or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I've found a much deeper 
appreciation for meditation in that it's in everything we do. Yeah. Hmm. If we can be present while having this conversation, while taking a shower, while making something to eat, while sitting down watching TV, while having a conversation, I think that meditation is in everything that we do. Yeah. I'm not a person who sits down and gets quiet every single day. Mm. I used to make myself feel not bad about that, but um, I would want to go out of my way to do it. Mm, mm-hmm. Right. But then I was like, maybe that's not really the way that I meditate right. on a daily. That's not to say that I don't sit down and go in because I totally do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have moments where I may not do that for a couple of months. Mm. Right. And then I have moments where I'll do it every day. Yeah. You know, but what I came to appreciate and respect is that I'm meditating every day if my constant goal is to turn my mind off, mm-hmm. to be mindless, and also to be present in my moment, you know, no matter what it is that I'm doing. Yeah. So, you know, I have to kind of go to great lengths sometimes uh, to be to be able to be present because that shit is really hard to do. <laughs> yes. You know, totally. Especially when I'm stressed and there's a, a lot going on, as you can imagine. We can be stuck like thinking about the past or worried about the future, but it's like creating intentionality around I'm going to be present. I'm just going to be here, which means trusting. This is all I got. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. Right. Like I can guess. Right. <laughs> but anything can happen. Right. So I I guess I've been living actively with this frame of thought. Probably like the last year is where I've become uh, very accepting of what's here right now. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. before that, it wasn't that I wasn't doing it. You know, I guess I was more intentional about creating this like system for how I do things, not even realizing that if I'm trying to force that, is that really doing me any good? Yeah. You know, you said within the last year, was there something that changed that brought you to that moment? Well, within the last two years. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I came out of a relationship, mm. a physical relationship. And then and then and then I came out of a relationship, a bad relationship with myself. Mm, mm-hmm. And I decided that I just didn't want to live like that anymore. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to live how I wanted to fucking live. And that became my new relationship, you know? And so now, like any relationship, you're learning how to do it day by day, minute by minute, second by second, right? Mm -hmm. The biggest change is I just decided that I wanted to live how I wanted to live. And I I didn't want to put demands and conditions around myself. Yes. You know, obviously taking care of myself is important. But for me, that's just a given, Mm -hmm. you know, so... And that was my 180. Being able to listen to yourself, to your highest self, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is so important and has seemed to be an integral part of your journey. Now, for the Honeypot Company, Previously, you were a pharmacy technician, Mm -hmm. and so you had knowledge of the necessary steps to develop the recipe for the initial product. But I'm curious about the business skills, because, you know, according to Forbes, you've become one of 40 women of color to raise $1 million in venture capital, which is amazing. We're going to get a little applause. We're going to get a little... (laughs) (laughs) For that, I mean, that is... That's hilarious. That's such a great achievement. 
But so how did you develop your business sense? Uh, just living in it, mm. you know, it's like anything else. When you want to do it, you do it right. To me, that's no different than deciding, you know what? I want to eat better. Right. <laughs> so if you really want to, then you do. Then you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, I personally do not think that it's anything remarkable mm. because I feel like anything that you put your mind to is what you're going to fucking do. Message. Right. Yes. Message. Yes. We've raised over a million dollars. But again, that's not remarkable. We're in business. That's what business people do. They raise money mm-hmm. and they grow their business. That's not extraordinary. I think that it's it's unfortunate. There's been more than 40 women now that have raised over a million. Okay. I would prefer that it didn't have to be a topic of discussion that black women or any fucking part of the human race uh-huh. are singled out and look, I know that we have to look at these statistics so that we can understand how we're growing as a society. I completely get that. I just think we would do so much better if we didn't have to think about shit like that. If we could just flow. Yeah. If humans that have great business ideas, great betas Mm. and great execution and great strategy and growth potential or scale that have exit strategies, I just feel like race just should not be a fucking part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, I I just feel like it just shouldn't even be there. I feel like if you, if you're a human and you figured out how to be a, be the change in the world that you live in and you figured out how to grow that thing, scale that thing and potentially sell that thing. Mm -hmm. Who cares if you've got a vagina or a penis or if your skin color is white, black, yellow, brown, whatever. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. It's like, yeah, yeah, we've got to get to that place. I want to go to the person who you were before you came up with the recipe. Mm -hmm. I think it was like back in 2012. Mm -hmm. Who was Beatrice Dixon back then? And then take us up to the moment when you discovered this is my purpose. This is to that dream that you had that gave you the recipe. Before Honey Pot, I was a pharmacy technician. Mm -hmm. I did that for nearly 10 years. It was just a job. It wasn't like some shit that I dreamed about doing, Mm -hmm. right? I just needed a job. (laughs) And right out of high school, my mom was like, bitch, if you're not going to go to school, then you got to get a job, right? (laughs) Right. You better make some money. Come on now. (laughs) You ain't sitting around this house. We're not doing, nah. (laughs) Like, that's not what we're doing. She worked for Cygnus, so she was able to get me a job working in Cygnus Retail Farm. Mm -hmm. I did that for almost 10 years, but I worked in all types. I did retail. I did mail order. I did Mm. hospitals. I did IV rooms. I did chemo labs. I did all kinds of stuff, compounded skincare. I just think that everybody is literally is just made up of whatever happened in their past. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, everything that has gotten us to here has been our past. Right. And I think for me, you know, whether you call it ancestral, whether you call it alignment, I don't really know what to call it because it seems pretty remarkable. Everything that I've ever done has prepared me for this moment, you know, because in pharmacy, that's how I learned how to mix things and put things together. Mm -hmm. Because it's not the pharmacist that does that. It's the technician that does that and then you put that in front of the pharmacist and you show them what you did mm. especially if it's like an IV or a liquid type of a drug you take the syringe you put however much of the liquid in you show them the equation that you did to get to how much you needed to put in so the patient could get their dose yeah. right uh-huh 
before you shoot it in the bag and then the pharmacist signs off on it then you shoot it in the bag then they send the shit up to the floor like that that was what that was how it happened yeah right i i learned something i'm sure i'm not the only one but i just learned something just now so thank you for that <laughs> no no problem yes. but that taught me how to create a formula mm-hmm. you know and then i left there and i cuz i got tired of being in kind of that type of toxic environment in a way like disrespect or inequity or no no not disrespect or inequity okay it felt toxic for me because i didn't like it anymore it wasn't bringing you joy yeah western medicine is necessary Mm -hmm. now i don't give a fuck how many herbs you take if your (laughs) fucking arm falls off you're going to the doctor Uh right like you're going to the fucking hospital like you're a tooth comes out you're going to the dentist right right? like so Western medicine is necessary. It just didn't feel like the right environment for me. And I wanted to go to school to be a doctor even at one point because I felt naturally that I was a healer, Mm. right? And so I've always been this way ever since I was a kid, you know? And my ancestors are are Indian and Black, and they were good with their hands, Mm. right? And so I kind of had a knack for that in a way, but it didn't feel like Western medicine was my way. Yeah. It didn't feel like that was the way that I wanted to do whatever it was that I was going to do. And I had no fucking clue of what that was, but I just knew that this didn't feel right. Yeah. And I'm not a person who does things that don't feel right. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not like that. <laughs> That's why I never finished college because I hated that shit. Yeah. Like, why am I doing, why am I putting myself through this? This is stupid. Mm. You know? And did you feel like you had a support system around you that was like, okay. We got you. We understand that this isn't for you. Or were people more skeptical? It was a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, but but that's natural. I mean, everybody's doing what they think is best. And and that's what it is. My mother pretty much accepted me for whatever I was doing. She may have given me shit from time to time, but she wasn't doing anything that mommies don't do. Right, right. You know? (laughs) Yes. It made sense, you know, but like for me, I'm like that. I mean, that's cool, mom, but I don't like I'm not doing that shit if I don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. Because you're not the one that got to do it. I got to do it. <laughs> you know, but but yeah. And then I left there and I went to work for Whole Foods. Mm. And that was remarkable because that just opened my eyes to so much because this is like the heyday of Whole Foods. Right. This is like when Whole Foods was like Whole Foods. And like, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, for real, like they invested a lot into their employees. Mm. Like they sent us on health immersions and they sent us to farms. And they sent in brands and the brands would train you on their ingredients and their products and what they do and why they do. Wow. It was crazy, you know? And so I just was like, wow, like this is the shit. This is what I want to be doing. Yeah. And then my vagina started acting crazy. And then here comes Honeypot. <laughs> yes. I mean, my and my grandmother came to me in a dream mm-hmm. and gave me this formula and told me what to do to basically get myself right. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm grateful for her. I I listened and here we are. That's amazing. And so inspiring in the sense of, I'm curious, had you had an experience like that before in a dream? Was that like a normal thing for ancestors or family members to kind of speak to you in a dream? Or was there something distinctive about this particular dream that felt different? Yes, I had had things like that happen, but not in reference to business. You know, it was personal. I remember when I was a kid, my my uncle Stevie came and asked me to give him the lottery numbers. <laughs> you know, yes. Everybody got that uncle, right? I got a couple of them uncles. And I gave him, I just like spouted out some numbers. Wow. And the crazy shit is. No. I swear to God. What? He did not end up playing those numbers that day because for whatever reason, 
And every single number that I gave him hit. What? Yes. He would have won the lottery. So that happened. That was in your dream or that was a... No, that was just in real life. In real life. I was just playing and he came up and told me to tell him numbers and I told him. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And then I've had, and then I've had ancestors come in dreams and tell me, thank you, because we light candles for our ancestors. We say their names, me and my mom and my, my brother does. We say their names and remember them and those types of things. And so I've had them come and say, thank you. You know, it's real and we're real. And when they came, it was weird because they, they didn't look how they looked when they left. Hmm. When they came, they looked like a younger version of themselves. Wow. So I didn't even necessarily know them in that skin per se, because I couldn't have known them when they were that age, because I wasn't even born, you know? (laughs) Right, wasn't even thought of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've had that happen when they've recently transitioned. Wow. So I've, yeah, I I guess in one way or another, yeah, I've always had kind of a connection to the other side anyway. Yeah. How has that, or have you found that that's continued to guide you today in these current times? I mean, look, I practice Santeria Lukumi, mm. which is an Afro-Cuban religion or spirituality or however you want to put it. Yeah. I also believe in everything. I believe that humans have just made religion so that we can connect to God. But what I understand is that God is in everything. I'm grateful that I've come to this place. You know, if you would have asked me this a year ago, I, I would have more so been inclined to just see the religion I practice as the thing that I solely believe in. Mm. But at this point in my life, I know that every single thing, everything, everything is connected and and nothing is separate. And so, you know, for me, there's alignment Mm. in that. And I just try to connect to that alignment. You know, I don't always do a good job at it, but I always try to get back. Beautiful. Just to go back really fast, you got the recipe in your dream mm-hmm. and then you used it. Yeah, yeah. Because well, she just told me ingredients, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I created a recipe basically like a using like kitchen measurements because uh-huh. it's like it's a very when you're making skincare, it's very similar to cooking, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I worked at Whole Foods. I went to Whole Foods and got all the stuff because we sold all the stuff. Got what you needed. Yes. And then I made it in a couple of days. And then like four or five days later, everything that I was dealing with went away. And then what took you to the next step of saying, I can sell this or I can share this with other people? It was instant. The moment that I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like looking down at my vagina. Like, yes. oh, OK, this is good. Like, we're good. You know, uh-huh. it was in the very same moment. Mm. I was like, oh, I have to do this. And it sounds like. Community is such a huge part of your upbringing and just your value system. Mm-hmm. Would you say that was nurtured from how you were raised or where did you get your sense of community and helping out other people? Yeah, how I was raised. Yeah, my mom, when I was a kid, we had been homeless. We weren't homeless for a long time, but we but we had been homeless before. And then when I was an adult, I was homeless before. Mm. And so I have a profound fucking respect for how quickly some shit like that can happen. Oof, yeah. Because that can happen to anybody, mm. any moment, Yeah, right? I don't take that shit for granted. And I, I remember my mom during the holidays would, would go and like find a homeless person, mm. bring them home, give them a shower, give them clothes, and they would sit down and eat dinner with us. And um, 
one man, one year, he lived in a junkyard, but he had chosen to be homeless. Mm-hmm. Like he, he wasn't homeless because he was home. Like right. he probably didn't have to be, but he chose to be. Right. But, you know, I thought that was cool because my mom really what she was trying to show us is like, nigga, this shit could happen to you. So like be respectful and kind because you never know what the next man is going through, you know? So I think when she did that, that conditioned me to understand humanity in a way. Mm. So usually I kind of end, we're getting towards the end, but I kind of end with a quote. And I'm just curious, are there any quotes that you have that you know that you're like, this has helped me through? Yeah, learn how to die. Mm. That has helped me through a lot because uh, learning how to die means that you know how to live, Mm. you know, because really we're already dead. Like that shit's coming, right? And to live is to die, you know? Yeah. To live is to fucking die, yeah. You know, I talk about this a lot, but like trees are, you can learn a lot from a tree, you know? Like trees abs- like are the most beautiful example of learning to be present mm. and being accepting of whatever's coming. Like trees know that the leaves are gonna die every year. Yeah. Like they're every year for the most part, right? That's why we have, fall we have spring we have autumn we have you know mm-hmm. and the, the and i live in georgia so the trees are really beautiful they start changing colors and you know and then those as, as it gets colder the leaves are going to die and those trees are going to be bare and, and that tree is going to rest and relax and get ready for when it's time for it to spring out again yeah you know i mean all of nature does that but i think that trees just do that shit remarkably you know I want to be able to be like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hearing you talk about trees, I think about water as well. And I think about, I, I can't, I think Bruce Lee said something about being like water. It's like, it takes whatever shape it's in, it flows and like, yeah. what we can learn <laughs> from the elements, from the earth is absolutely beautiful. And once again, reminds you of alignment. Yeah, because we are the element. Yes, yes, I love it. Like we can't fucking forget that. Like we're made of water and Mm -hmm. bone and atoms. Stardust. And stardust. We're made of all the shit that everything else on this planet is made of, right? And so it's important that we respect that and respect how connected we are to all of those things because it can kind of make, and as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about what I've been dealing with for the past few days, you know? Mm -hmm. But as I'm saying this, it's like, wow, I mean, this is fucking first world problems. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. And in the bigger picture, if my goal is alignment, then I got to be aligned with whatever fucking shows up, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's all connected, right? Yes. Everything is in order, so yeah. You've warmed my heart. (laughs) No, really, truly. Um, just you. hearing you sharing your wisdom and experience, being able to really reflect on the range of journeys. I mean, we talked about Mike Tyson, right? And then we also talked about uh, moments of you being homeless, you know, and your mother bringing in homeless people. And it's just like this life, we can't take any moment for granted. Mm-hmm. The ability to serve, the ability to listen, the ability to discover alignment. It's such a mm-hmm. essential part of this journey. And I think, you know, especially at ch- challenging times like these, it could be easy for some people to get caught up in the woe is me. Mm-hmm. But really, the the journey is in the is in the growth, is in the discovering, mm-hmm. discovering the new things, discovering your calling and staying aligned with it and trusting, being present. So many of the things that you talked about, really. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Thank you for for sharing that and w- with such humility and care. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I have a quote <laughs> that I'm going to share yeah. that I feel like is semi it's relevant. It talks about ancestors. You know, we can get what we get from it and keep chatting a little bit. When we illuminate the road back to our ancestors, they have a way of reaching out, of manifesting themselves, sometimes even physically. And that's a quote from Raquel Cepeda. Mm -hmm. I think about my grandparents and the ways in which I think about the flowers that my grandmother enjoyed. And I'll be thinking of her and suddenly I'll see one of the flowers. Yeah. There's certain numbers that make me think of my grandparents. Yeah. And they'll pop up and assure me. And even recently I was doing something. I was putting together a ceiling fan, which I'm not a handyman at all. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right, right. I was like, let me try this. I got time. Didn't have a lot of patience, but I had time. Yeah. But I was putting together the ceiling fan and my grandparents had ceiling fan in their house. And the energy of my grandparents was so present with me in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I found out some great news. And I was like, yes, y'all stay with me. Y'all guided me. Like I feel your presence. So I'm just so grateful for my ancestors, but also to be able to have conversations where we are uplifting our ancestors and our ancestors' presence. As we should, bro. Because real shit, if it wasn't for your mom and her mom Mm -hmm. and her mom and her mom and all the moms that came before in order for the fucking miracle of your mother being here, you wouldn't even be here. Right. Some lady recently came out on Twitter and said that I must be demonic because I worship my ancestors. (laughs) And look, she is entitled to her opinion. Right. Right. She's entitled to that. But what you must understand is if it was not for them, there would be no fucking us. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's really important that we understand that and try not to dogmatize that. Right. That does not have to do anything with fucking spirituality. It has something to do with it because we've created spirituality out of respect for it. That has become a religious or spiritual or inner being type of a practice that humans have, that's the energy that we put to it. But the reality of the shit, like the real honest fucking reality is that if there was no fucking them, there would be no us. Right. So if you can't have respect for the fact that if your mother's 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 mother wasn't fucking here. Right, right. Or even if your mommy wasn't here, because some people's mommies aren't alive. You mean to tell me that you can't, pay respect and say thank you and I love you and I'm grateful for you because you have love and kindness and gentle thoughts and you remember and you want that because energy never can die, right? I mean, that's some scientific shit. Yes. Right? Exactly. Einstein said that. (laughs) The fact that somebody can have an opinion that that is a bad thing, in my opinion, is fucking absurd. Mm -hmm. Because if your child left you bet your bottom fucking dollar you're going to be remembering your kid. Yeah. Right. If your mommy left, you better fucking believe that you're going to be remembering your mommy. Yeah. Your grandmother, whomever was important to you, that loving and being kind to them, if it was not for them, we would not even exist. So I think that it's so important that in our path on this earth while we are living, because at some point we're going to be somebody's ancestor. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's important. It's kind of like, and this is just my opinion. 
it's kind of like how you want to be a good human because at some point you're going to have, you could potentially make a fucking human. And if you're not good to people. <laughs> what kind of human are you going to make? Right. So, you know, at some point we're not going to be here. Mm. So it's important for us, in my opinion, to take care of the people that are here no longer because none of us fucking know what's happening when we go to that other side. Mm-hmm. There's theories behind it. Nobody knows, right? So for me, in the way that I think about it, I want to be kind and loving to all of my ancestors that came before me so that the day that I become one, mm-hmm. hopefully somebody's there to kind of walk me down that path. Yes. You know? Well, Beatrice, I just want to thank you once again for joining me. Thank you. I didn't know what to expect, but there were so many gems <laughs> dropped. It's so empowering and enriching to have learned more about your journey and to also acknowledge that there's still struggles, there's still challenges and, you know, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, making whatever amount of money or having a company, it definitely does not mean that things are easy. No, (laughs) No. honey, money is a tool. Yes. And you can buy some really pretty shit with money, but (laughs) unless you got yourself sorted out inside, money don't mean shit. That's right. You know, we are encouraging people to continue to do the work and work on that inside so that the outside and all of us can continue to get better and get right. Exactly. I'm just going to shout out the Honey Pot Co. on Instagram. Check them out at the Honey Pot Co. um, on Instagram and on Twitter. And be sure to go out and purchase the products. Gentlemen, tell the ladies in your life. Yes. And, uh, you know, we love to support black businesses and businesses that are proven to work. I've heard about this from from some of my lady friends, and I'm so glad that it is. Some of your lady friends. I love it. I I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what to call people anymore. Plural. Um, you know your life bro so let's absolutely continue to support the honeypot company and beatrice and create more space for entrepreneurs black entrepreneurs female entrepreneurs i'm just so uh, grateful to be able to highlight and empower folks to to do your own thing create create your own and and trust and believe in it yeah any last words anything you want to share with us beatrice thank you i'm grateful that you asked me to be here just to tell everybody to remember, and I'm telling myself this, mm. to take care of yourself. Saying to me, take care of me. Mm. Love yourself, be kind to yourself, and give yourself grace. It's not always going to be good. Right. And the bad times help you to have respect for the good times. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us. The 180 is produced by David Treatment with audio production and editing by Mike Luno. Original music composed by Jarrett Landon and sung by yours truly. If you like what you heard, please make sure to tell your friends, spread the word, spread the love, spread the inspiration. Follow us on all social media at The180Pod and visit our website, www.the180pod.com. And that's 180, the numbers. Don't you dare spell it all out. That's too much. Until next time, I'm your host, Eric Lockley. Take care and be blessed. Know that you'll have a blessing if you just keep on pressing. Don't stop, keep going, you can turn it around. The 180, yes, it's a big change. The 180, your life won't be the same. The 180, you can do it. Say yes to your beautiful future. The 180.